there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit, your favorite travel podcast. Where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Have I ever told y'all or had the conversation about how much I talk with my hands? I don't care, but every single week, I want you to know that I am very aware of how much my hands move during that intro. And it's kind of like I go on autopilot. My brain knows what to say. I get to going and my hands are going along with it. So yes, I am a hand talker and shout out to these nails. They have been really, nails have been nailing. I've been enjoying my nails. Every If you watch the YouTubes often enough, I don't often have them done, but if I'd say for the past, maybe like two, three months or so, the kid's been uh frosty tips. They've been real, not tips. These are my nails, but um, they've been done. My nails is did and I like them. So this is a part two. Um, last week, my 200th episode, which <laughs> mad excited about. Thank you guys, first of all, for rocking with the kid for 200 episodes. Um, we're not that far off from uh, 100,000 streams, which for me, I'm excited about. Four years. And, you know, this is with just you guys, word of mouth, talking about the show. Because I've not had any, you know, major marketing, advertising um, endeavors in place at all. So thank you guys for pulling up, for telling your friends. Please keep telling your friends and please keep pulling up because... I really appreciate hearing from you guys and it warms my heart that you can enjoy something that I create, something that I make. Uh, So 200th episode next week, or is it next week? When is this one? I never changed that count. I I about to say, I thought it was still on June. My God, that'd be most unfortunate this is yep so this is going to air on the 18th so this is like your last raw final call um if you will the live episode is on sunday august 21st at 10 a.m eastern standard time and it is a virtual event so it'll be available to wherever you are in the world and have access to zoom you have to sign up for the event so that i can send you the link to participate in the um recording and you can do so at travelingshippodcast.com slash uh excuse me slash events that's it it's free there are no hoops no ladders no moats to cross RSVP for the event and I will send you the link. So I am absolutely looking forward to seeing you guys. And again, shout out to my new greenery. I brought these for my birthday and um, I got them from Jordan's Jungle. I have a 15% code if you guys are interested. I have never gotten bad plants. One time I actually got a fr- like a frog shipped with my plants. I kept them alive for a few, ga- few days and then I ultimately sent him back. Shout out to them for accepting my little stowaway. I hope he made it there safely. Um, I should have, I'm trying to think, did I check? I don't know. But I hope little nigga made it safe, you know. Um, it was a frog, but I love Jordan's Jungle. Um, great prices for actual great plants. Like a lot of times you get what you pay for, but I feel like I get so much more than I pay for because while I may not have the always gifted green thumb to keep them alive. They always come ready to be kept alive. So I enjoy having someplace that I can follow up consistently. If I don't keep something alive, I'll be back. And um, another note about plants, since we're kind of on it, plants are a very gentle reminder that we get to try again, that there is growth. And while some things work, not everything works. You can give too much. You can give too little. There's so many fucking lessons in plant care. You can be as deep as you want. You can be a surface level. You can make it as difficult as you want. You can make it as easeful as you want. 
and you can spend the attention. You cannot spend, you can buy all the cream salve sprays and, or you can just water them. Every experience is different. And each new plant for me, my personal experience of the plants has been a, in levels, contextual levels, you know? I find that what season I am in, I can somehow orient plants, not on some, well, when I was here and when I felt this way, I bought this plant. That's not what I mean. I mean that through the different seasons of my life, I'm able to pour as much or as little into my plants and see how that works. It works like a lot of attention works for some people, a lot of attention works for some plants. And sometimes it's exactly the opposite. And my plants have absolutely been consistent reminders in different little gentle ways throughout my journey. Um, so just wanted to throw that in there. And back to the ask me anythings. Y'all sent some good ones. Y'all sent some good ones. So let's see. Next question. I like this one. This was a good one. Thank you, Joe. Which trip changed your view of yourself the most? Love that question. Um, I don't want to see, I don't want to say it's an easy answer, but it's the answer that I think probably is the most true, if that makes sense. No, hearing what it lists. Yeah. If I were to, Mm, I don't think it does. I don't think it doesn't make sense. I don't think it's the sentiment I wish to convey. I think that the answer is the, I don't want to say the most robust as if a less robust would have been more true, but I feel like the best answer we'll fucking leave it at that. We don't have to deep dive the best fucking answer is going to be Colombia. I stayed in Cartagena and I did a couple of surrounding cities between different excursions and day trips that I took while I was out there. And I know before that trip, I said I wanted to feel more international, if you will. I wanted to be internationally connected. I wanted to be someone that could go anywhere in the world and find that spark of creativity, that spark of joy and create. I wanted to not just be able to create on my own. I also wanted to be able to find like-minded people and connect with people. I wanted to be able to, you know, exchange and work and collaborate with people from outside of the United States. And in a fashion that wasn't just having, you know, a guest from someplace else, where there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a certain magic, a certain energy to being in person and then going from there or a certain energy to meeting people where they are, not in the space of whether you up or down, but just meeting people in their current season of life and finding some level of, Binksy's little paw is under the door. It's the cutest thing. She always sits outside for the interview. I mean, for the episode. And I really want her to come. I would love to be able to let her in here, but her little claws, little paws, make so much fucking noise when she walks around. Anyway, um, wanting to meet people where they are in their current stage of life. And I got that in Colombia. I feel like I myself was open in a way to receive and kind of, you know, attract people who could pour into me in a very creative way. I ended up meeting Lara. She was the host of an experience I booked on probably Airbnb. It was the head wrap um, experience. So we did a head wrap. We sat and we ate dinner and it was just the two of us. And we had a great time, talked. Uh, we ended up, well, not we, but I ended up meeting 
a couple of people from her family, her fiance pulled up. He's a photographer, took some really great photos of us. Um, and I want to say a cousin of hers either worked at a restaurant or owned a restaurant. We ended up going to that restaurant. I think more family ended up just, oh, hey, what's up? You here? Hey, I'm going to pop up at the table, sit and talk with y'all for a little bit. So that was a really good time. I had a great night meeting Lyra. Um, also, Nanise, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Or Nanis, I don't remember. But she's a bomb photographer. She and her friend, I do not remember his name, they approached me on the street. I've spent the day at the beach all day. I was hot, sweaty, and funky. At least I thought I was funky. I just spent the day at the beach sweating. Great time. Decent massage at the beach also. That being said, I'm taking a random tourist selfie in front of, I want to say it was a church in a main square area near where I was staying. And they stopped and asked me if they could take my picture. And in my head, I'm like, for what? Like, it's mad black people in this country. Like, why would anybody want my picture? And I'm just like, they were cool. Like, they weren't creepy about it. And I'm like, okay, thinking that they're just going to like take out a phone, take a selfie with me or whatever. And, or that, you know, in the process of like getting to stage it, that I would get more info. You remind, you just remind me so much of a cousin of mine, or you look like a coworker that we have, or you look so pretty. Like we just wanted to take a picture with you. Just some random, just people on the street. Shorty pulled out a DSLR. Like she, oh, so you mean like pictures, pictures. Okay. I'm ready. And I had a bomb ass time. I was a fucking model for a couple of hours. What was it? It was about an hour. And we had so much fun. So much fun. And I still love those pictures. I still tag Nan whenever I, you know, post them or share them online. Every once in a while, she'll share it and post uh, and tag me in the photo. A joy, if you will. A random encounter and just that ability to also to be directed because while I know I have the capacity to photograph well, I don't fucking know what to do with my face. My face just smile. I just smile. I'm one of those girls. I will just smile in the picture and that's all I got. I can't give you pensive. I can't give you passion. I can't give you sultry. Like it's, I don't, I don't know what to do, but smile. But in this instance, when I tell you I got the best direction from Nan, even with Negro Photo, I want to say is his IG. I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he was our translator. Nan speaks Spanish. I speak English. Um, hablo poquito español. Muy poquito. Um, so we really needed him to come through. But even with the, the language barrier, Nan was able to direct me. Hand here, hold your head up, turn this way, relax a little bit more. This is good. Do that again. You know what I mean? Like it, I take direction well and give me direction and we're going to have a good time. As soon as I have a feel for where I'm going and what you're shooting and where we're at with it, I can kind of freestyle a little bit more. I'm one of those. And it ended up being magic. I ended up coming across, um, was it Columbia? Yes, it was. I actually just, um, what's up, Henny? Hennock. He, how do you pronounce it? Hennock or Hennock? I don't know. Henny, right? Shout out to him and his wife and their beautiful babies. Um, I made friends on the bus, you know? Um, I can't remember. There are other, there are two other, there's one other couple. I see their faces. I just cannot remember their names and I see their IG profile pics. I know Saravi, Sariva. I don't remember her, how to pronounce it because a lot of times it's just a bunch of letters. I don't know where you want the emphasis or not, but she was such a sweetheart and she was the one that put me on to Marlon who was actually on the trip with us being a tour guide on his own. So because of her, I was able to book the most magical day of a bunch of different stops. And I am still 
uh, friendly with Marlon to this day. I still recommend people to go out there and see him. I actually had uh, some friends go out. Was it? I don't know if it was this. Yeah, I think it. Mm, I think it was right around the time our borders either closed or opened to Colombia. I remember I had um, friends go out there and I definitely, definitely gave them his contact to help facilitate, you know, trips and tours and shit like that. So definitely somebody that I feel confident referring people to, to have a good time. Um, so that trip, and then also just being in a place in a space where blackness is celebrated, not tolerated, but celebrated all of the murals and the street art was black women and children. I found one shorty looked like me. It was like, a imagine putting a stencil up and then spray painting it. It was something, that's what it looked like to me. That's what it looked like, how it was done. I'm not that type of artist, so I can't really speak to it. But that's one of my favorite pictures because she's a black woman, profile, haircut like mine. Um, love it. But that trip made me feel not like I blended in the way that I do when I am in predominantly black countries, right? Like Bermuda or um, I don't want to say Guadalupe, but low key Guadalupe. Um, running through the list right now. That's the only majority black country that I'm seeing on here. There have been other countries that have very you know, like heavy black populations like Cuba and Puerto Rico, for example. But I will say that Colombia was the first place where I felt so much less draw to colorism. So I didn't feel as if, say, the non-black Colombians, I did not feel as if they were actively like, I don't want to say pointing me out or like, I didn't feel as if I was other, even if I was other, it felt like even though I may not have been in a space where all the people there were black, I didn't feel like I stood out in a sense. I didn't feel as if, you know, like I do here in the States where it, I immediately notice when I am the only black person in the room or one of very few in a larger space. Right. So that being what it is, it's not that I may not have noticed it, but the energy was different. Like it didn't feel as heavy. It didn't feel as if anybody else made it a thing. It didn't feel as if anybody else, you know, I don't want to say identify or singled it out as something that could be palpable or, you know, felt in the instance. It was just something about that trip where I was just absolutely at ease in a different way. And I really feel like I manifested the trip of my dreams. I had the most incredible time in Colombia. I absolutely did. And I like hit it off with so many just really bomb black folks from the States on that trip that I took with Alex Rocha, Chris Rocha. What is their, I want to say it's the real Cartagena. I think that's the name of their um, tour guide, their tour company. I'll put, well, actually, I don't even have to. I'll put the link to the, I believe I have an itinerary for Columbia. And by itinerary, I just have a, it's part of the travel resources where I just have a listing of like where I stayed, the different vendors and establishments that I enjoyed. So I'll put the link to that in the description box. So that'll be there. But you can find the people that I mentioned from Columbia in that link, it'll be on that post on the, the website. But I just felt like between 
meeting so many really bomb people from the States and then meeting so many really bomb people outside of the States, knowing that that's what I wanted beforehand. Like I said that out loud and I feel as if I manifested it. And for me, I think that that trip in particular really, I don't want to say showed me the power, but it ingrained in me that I have that potential to make that happen for myself. That if I speak something, if I declare something that I can make it happen, that the universe will ultimately provide for my best. And I just have to do the part that I have to do. I have to open myself to those experiences. But part of opening yourself up to those experiences is knowing what you want and knowing you know, it doesn't, and, and by knowing what you want, I don't necessarily mean line items, right? Like I didn't write out who I wanted to meet and what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted it to feel like. I knew what I wanted to accomplish. So for me, it was more about focusing on what I wanted to feel, what I could envision what dream I could have and opening myself to making or allowing that to happen. And that really, really um, presented itself very bigly in a nice, beautiful, big way on that trip. So I would say that Columbia... Columbia was the trip that taught me the most about myself. With a quick follow-up, and not even a quick, but like honorable mention, Cuba. And Cuba was another really bomb um, spot where I didn't feel per se the... the sting of colorism, if that's the best way to put it. But there were still points where I still felt like other in certain situations. So it didn't have the same strong impact as Columbia did. And there were a few little things here and there that, you know, I still am pissed off about that trip. And it was more people as opposed to the trip, right? But Cuba was a day, not a day, but a trip of so many firsts. I navigated so, like, I feel like Cuba was also one of the few trips where I was in one country for the entirety of my trip. Most of the other trips that I've done, except for Guadalupe, I have also Bermuda and then Canada I'm seeing. I spend maybe between a long layover, like a few hours, 12 hours, eight hours. But and by eight hours, I mean like a full eight hours of the day. Usually they're longer than that though. Cause I feel like for the most part, I've had eight hours to do what I want and then still have had like an hour or two to get from the airport to where I was going. And then like another three hours to get back to the airport. So buffering, it was, they're generally like 12 hour layovers, but between a couple of hours, a day, three, four days, some trip, like mostly like islands are when I spend like the whole time there. And that being what it is, I got to visit a couple, quite a few different areas in Cuba, mostly surrounding Havana, um, except for, well, actually I think I, was still only maybe max an hour from Havana in the first place I stayed. I cannot remember for the life of me what the name of that area was, but it was on the beach. It was beautiful. And by on the beach, it was maybe like 10 minute walk. I was about five blocks away. I just consistently got lost. But that trip, I navigated so many different things. I ended up really experiencing so many new things, so many first time experiences that I can't not honorable mention Cuba. Cuba was an incredible time. And 
between the beyond roots, the Afro Cuban religions tour, where they talked about voodoo, Santeria, uh, what was it? Hoodoo? I don't remember. There were four or three, three or four religions, but voodoo was the primary one that we discussed. Um, I got reading from a Babalao. We ate, we danced. We had a great black ass time. And I could not have asked for a better group of women to have that experience with. All black women, they were all from the States. And I feel like everybody lived in Brooklyn, except for me. But everybody swear I'm from Brooklyn anyway, so it is what it is. And we had such a good, good, good time. Like, I felt loved throughout that entire experience. When I tell you their hosts are hands down some of the best hosts that I've had on any experience, can't recommend, can't speak highly enough of them. So that Beyond Roots tour in Cuba, as well as my experience with Nikki and Kevin. um, And actually... I'm trying to think. I don't know if Kevin goes by Kevin anymore. I don't know if he goes by Kenna. And it's now occurring to me because I don't know what his what their pronouns are anymore. I should follow up with that. But either way, those two in particular made for such a bomb-ass time on a day where I did so many things for the first time. Cliff diving, eating certain foods wading across the river, hiking through like a semi jungle forest to get to the beach. Um, you know, riding in the old cars, um, snorkeling for the first time holding, I think it was a squid or an octopus. I had the most incredible day. And that's another one of those. I jumped, I jumped off a cliff. I swam in a cave. Like, you can't not feel accomplished. Well, I can't not feel accomplished after those experiences. I can't not feel as if my own horizons have been expanded. I can't not feel as if I'm capable of more now that I've been able to tuck these experiences into um, my personhood. So Cuba and Colombia will always always, always be two of the most impactful trips that I've taken. And I've gone to almost, I think I'm at 24, 25 countries at this point. And that's been really within the last seven years. I did 24 of those between 2017. Yeah, 2017 is when I went to Bermuda. And most of then Guadalupe was 2020. January, 2020. So three years, I did 23 countries. And then I did Puerto Rico with uh, my partner last anniversary. So last October. So yeah, Colombia and Cuba. Those are the, those trips taught me the most about myself. Let's see. Okay. So when are you coming to South Africa? Hey, Gugu. Girl, trying to get out there soon-ish. I would love to do a two-week trip to Africa. I'd want to spend a few days in South Africa then go to West Africa and really be able to spend more than like a... con Like, because it's a long-ass trip. I don't want to go that far and feel like I'm rushed while I'm out there. Now, I know I can't see it all in one trip, but I would love to at least see two or three countries while I'm out there. Um, and I mean, immersively, like not spend, like I might say maybe do a really bomb day trip to someplace, but I would like to spend at least three days in each of the different countries um, that I, you know, would be visiting while I'm there so that I can get the most out of the different locations. I feel like sometimes like my personal FOMO, my like fear of missing out, can hurt and then help, right? It gives me an unending curiosity 
of so many things in the world that I want to actively engage, get up, do, explore, see, feel, um, and immerse myself into. While at the same time, I know that I could probably also still benefit by slowing down and ingesting more fully a lot of different places. And I think also while everywhere has the potential to be a slow down and ingest destination, I don't think that everywhere is going to necessarily have that same compulsion for me. I don't think that, you know, everywhere is necessarily going to appeal the same way. And, um, that being, that being the case, you know, there's, there are going to be some places that I could skip through and there are going to be other places where I might want to sit still a little bit longer, but this monkeypox, y'all, and not even on some monkeypox started in Africa shit that I'm less concerned about. I'm more concerned about this variation that's here with me in the States. I live in New York, New York City, and uh, last I heard, we were 25% of the nation's cases. That was probably five days ago, four days ago that I heard that statistic. So I don't even know where the fuck that is now. And I'm certain that those numbers across the nation are much higher. Um, So I'm very high-key terrified of that. So the long plane rides, I don't know that I have the capacity for just yet. Not just yet. Um, I know my mom and I go into Atlanta, uh, next month and looking forward to that, but I know what to expect of that trip, right? I know where I'm going. It's not as, I mean, I'm still terrified because surfaces and that's what it is about the monkey box. I just, it took me two years to not be terrified of COVID. Um, And by not terrified, I still, I wear my mask wherever the fuck I go. I walk into the bodega, I put on a mask. I walk, I go to the nail salon, I'm sitting there with my mask on. Y'all can do what you want. I don't have the space to be policing other people, right? But for me, it seems like a very simple solution. Wash my hands, keep my face covered. Monkey box, on the other hand, surfaces. Sitting in a cloth seat or a loosely leather seat that someone else that may possibly be infected and not even know they're infected either, right? I don't feel as if every case is spread by someone being malicious. The majority of people don't necessarily know that they have it. We're still having a difficult time. People actually finding testing, people being believed when they are reporting that they have symptoms, we're still in a really fucking wiggy woggy space with it. And I feel like that is absolutely contributing to my fears, but, um, yeah, it being so new and it being so, um, still lacking on information that I definitively trust at this point, um, yeah, I don't want to sit in a seat that someone else's ass has been sweating in for six hours. Um, I don't want to possibly sleep in a hotel bed that someone didn't appropriately clean. My plan, because we're also doing a road trip the end of this month, my plan is initially I was going to stay at a ho- like at hotels wherever we stopped because, and this is a bit of a deviation from the question, but part of my answer is why I'm not in a rush to book anywhere too far. But for one, it's a road trip. So I'm in my own box of germs. I'm not sitting and sharing, you know, it's, there's no rental. I had a kick-ass trip planned for October. Didn't get approved for the vacation time. But I was going to go to one of the starting destination was flying out to Reno and then renting a car for a West Coast road trip. 
But after Burning Man happens in August, God willing, God bless y'all. Good luck to y'all if that's something that you decide to participate in. My God, the idea of all of these people coming together for a festival to do things that happen at festivals in the middle of two global pandemics, it's very uncomforting, very unsettling for me. So I have no no stretch of a desire to fly one into an airport where a lot of those people will be because it's in Reno. And then two, get a rental car that I will be in for the next week after possibly someone who may have gotten sick from not necessarily even going themselves, but being in close contact with someone else that has been there. So yeah, that that's not happening. But this road trip, I initially was thinking, you know what, let's stay at hotels because hotels have industrial strength cleaning solutions. And I am certain that a hotel washer dryer is going to get hotter and clean, you know, the sheets and linens much better than someone that owns an Airbnb, right? However, I realized with an Airbnb, I can make requests for certain accommodations. I don't want any towels. I'll bring my own towels. I don't want towels in there. And I would prefer that you don't put any bedding on the mattress. I don't want any half-assed, half-assed washed sheets or blankets. And I don't want to be responsible for removing said sheets and blankets off of a bed, which may in turn spread whatever virus is there. Um, And also I intend to do my best to try and book Airbnbs that haven't had somebody, you know, staying in the next two weeks, right? But that's going to require a little more planning, right? You'd have to look at their calendar, see if it's blocked off. Just because it's blocked off doesn't mean that somebody is or isn't staying there, keep in mind. But you do what you can with the information at hand. I can't retroactively just ask somebody, hey, did anybody stay? After I book it, I can't then follow up and say, hey, did anybody stay here four days before I got here? Okay, I don't want it anymore. At that point, it's it's a fucking L. You, you either gonna stay or you're not. But with an Airbnb, I feel comfortable saying, hey, due to conditions with monkeypox, I prefer if whomever you have cleaned the uh, apartment takes all the linens off the bed and you know keeps the towels i don't want them i'm good leave them in whatever closet separate room separate domicile that you may have Mm -mm. i got my i got i got my own and because we're driving we can very easily do that on our own um so yeah that's what my concession is going to be we're not big on uh crowded events and stuff. We're basically outside people. We walk everywhere if we can. Um, Uber here and there. Uber's on their own. That also has the kid a bit nervous because uh, they're they're not cleaning the seats, you know, between rides. And you do your best. You do your best. You mitigate your, your risks. And I don't want to, you know, live in a space of terror while at the same time not being oblivious to the fact that my choices and my decisions affect myself and other people. So it's a balancing act, very delicate act. So while the kid wants to be in Africa, one, I got to get the time off. And then two, I want to feel comfortable being in the spaces long period that are going to be necessary to get me there for long periods of time. Um, and also flying that far, it's a little bit harder to, um, you know, expect that I am able to bring my own bedding and towels and stuff like that. So I need a little bit more information about what's going on and ultimately a vaccine, but, um, yeah, that's where I'm at with South Africa working on it just not there yet okay so the last question and also one of my favorites um is going to be thank you nye for this question um and shout out to nye who was also another really bomb guest because dallas was on board with us that was a really fun quarantine um episode that was a good ass time we did it in bikini tops check that one out 
that'll be in. I'll put a link to that in the description as well. Wait a minute. Let me put that in a note so I make sure I fuck around and do it. Um, so I said the link to F with nine. So nice question. Love this question. How, oh girl, it's too far away. How has the journey from episode one to now been? How do you stay consistent? So the journey from episode one to now has been quite the roller coaster. It has been It has been a, it's been, I won't say a learning curve because I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's what I'm going for. Cause I feel like when there's a curve, like you get more point. Isn't that, wasn't that what a curve was? Like you get like a 75, but because there's a curve, your 75 is actually like an 85 or something. I don't no shade to y'all, but I generally just did well. So I never really paid attention to that whole curve thing, but, um, it's, it's been, there've been a lot of growing pains. It's really been frustrating to navigate, um, who to choose to work with. Honestly, I've worked with some really incredible people along the journey. Um, Especially, you know, Shatik, um, early on with the podcast. And I've also had really fucking bomb guests. I've had, you know, some really good advice and a lot of space for access. Like, listen, hit me up if there's any way I can help, um, but I've also had, you know, situations go left where communication just wasn't really clear, but in learning from where communication, well, that's the point, right? Like you learn from experiences that you have had in the past so that you can better make decisions in the future. And I've changed the way I do, you know, a couple of different things with the business end, if you will, of the podcast. Um, and it's for me, I will say as it's just me, right? I'm the only host. This is a solo production. And it's been really difficult to find who I can trust as a good source of, or good resource for information. I've tried to work with a couple different people in terms of, you know, navigating backend things like platform processes, analytics, just business. I'm a creative. I've got ideas on ideas on ideas. Like I never run out of ideas. It's like stories for me. But in terms of what is the best system to put in place to get X done? What is the best process for accomplishing this? What are the metrics that I need to pay attention? That doesn't resonate as loudly as what should I talk about? So, you know, finding and really, I feel like connecting with people hasn't necessarily been an issue for me, but connecting with the right people that has been, um, it's been difficult. It's been difficult. While I may align in personality with some people, we don't align in business. Um, and that has been something that I have been growing through. You just figure it out. And the only way you're going to do it is by doing more of it. So I don't regret any of the decisions I've made. I don't, you know, um, wish I could do anything differently. I just wish to consistently hold on to the lessons that I have learned throughout the process already. And I just hope to, you know, continue to grow my 
powers of discernment, you know, um, it's hard to trust people with your, your gift. And this is part of my gift. This podcast is part of my gift. And it's really difficult to let someone in with that because this means so much to me because I put so much of myself into it. So trying to figure out which part of me to kind of use to make those um, decisions is been a time. It's been a time. I'd say that, you know, again, personality wise, I'm, I think that I'm pretty easy to connect with, to click, to click with, but the working part and also, you know, with, in fairness to some of the people that I've worked with, life happens, you know, life absolutely happens. And the same way I would drop the world at the drop of a dime if, you know, my partner or my parents or my brother or like my best friend needed me, you know, I don't expect that someone else wouldn't do the same for the people that they cared about in their lives. So, you know, it's been a lesson in allowing grace for all parties, not beating myself up when something goes wrong and also not taking it personal when someone else's decisions don't align with what's best for me. And that has absolutely been the hardest thing to navigate, but also probably, you know, the biggest lesson learned. Um, so that has been how it's been going. It's been, it's been rough girl. Um, but it's also been fun. It's been really exciting to I guess you can say see a different part of yourself through someone else's eyes whereas I have this idea of who I am and it's very biased because my experience of me is the only experience I have like I've always been with me granted in different ways for different stages and fashions of my life, but I've always just, it's always been me in my head. Right. But now when you open something so important to you up to other people, when I open up the space to have a commentary or, you know, the ability to question why I do certain things or don't do certain things with the podcast or where growth should be, um, what area of growth to focus attentions on, et cetera, et cetera. While it has been difficult in some respects, it's also been really cool to see how other people see me. It's been really, I guess eye-opening, as cliche as it sounds, to see other people point out strengths or weaknesses or, you know, just little personal touches that I don't notice because they are things that I've always sat with. There are things that have always been part of my process or part of how I interpret or, you know, view different things. Like your opinion is your opinion because it's your own, it's yours. But when somebody else drops their opinion on the plate and then another person drops their opinion on the plate, now we have a meal, right? You can make a meal of one thing, but you can also have a more bountiful meal, if you will, when there are more things on the plate. So it's been nice to see how other people have found like, oh no, girl, you're fine here, or you're doing really well with this. And for me, it's just like, oh, I thought I was struggling or, oh, I thought that this was something that I 
didn't need to pay attention to or something that, you know, would, whereas one thing to me looks small to someone else is like, no, this is, look at where you compare here or look at where you started versus where you are. And having, sometimes it just takes another voice to point out things that are happening right in front of you. So it's been quite a fucking experience, man. It's really been a ride. And um, I can't say that it has, there've been some rough patches, but it's not been a bad time. Uh, Like I will remind myself and, you know, people that I may be trying to comfort through a bad day, like a bad morning doesn't make a bad day necessarily. Sometimes I do. But a bad morning doesn't have to make a bad day. And a bad day doesn't make a bad life. You know what I mean? Like I saw some tweet or uh, what do you call uh, Like an emoji or something. But they basically said, you don't ever have to do today again. Today could be the worst day of your life. God willing, you just make it through it and you don't have to do it again. While that may not be reassuring to everyone, take what works and leave the rest on the table or just leave it all on the table. For me, I was like, you know what? I like that. I may have had a shit day today, but I don't have to do today again. It could be worse tomorrow, but it also has the opportunity to be better because it's not today. Let today have what it had. It's done. It's completed. It's finished. Thank you. I am still here after. I just hope for a better go at it tomorrow. And at this point, it's like, all right, things have thinged. Things have been. I have the opportunity to continue to grow and to continue to build with the podcast. And the, I I couldn't be happier about that. And then for the second half of the question, how do you stay consistent? I don't have a good answer for that one. I don't know how I've been consistent because I haven't been consistent with much of anything else. Um, in terms of like, you know, not just even like creative projects or like personal projects. Like I'm also, I love y'all, but for those that know, you know, I'm also a very good flake. I will, for the most part, tell you in advance, girl, I don't know. But my heart definitely a lot of times wants to be there or, you know, wants to, experience certain things. However, if I make that decision too far in advance, there's no telling what's, what the mood for that day is going to be. You know, it, there are certain things that sometimes I just got to love from a distance, you know, um, especially with the way things are going right now, pandemic wise, my social meter depletes so very quickly, expeditiously. And I am realizing that for my own personal self-care, I just can't, I can't commit to too many things. You know, I just don't really want to be out and about because I realize when I am places, I'm spending so much of that time pacifying myself and, you know, all right, this looks like a safe place. This is a nice little corner. Not too many people going on. That's not enjoying yourself. If I'm doing all of that, why the fuck am I out? Stay my ass home. And that's where I'm at. I'm in the fucking house. Um, so in terms of consistency, I just show up. I had a really good stretch. And I think because I've had a good stretch, it's easier to keep a good stretch. It's easier to keep doing something than to restart something for me. For me, it's easier to keep doing it. This has taught me that it is easier for me, D, to keep doing something than to start doing something. And um, honestly, I've been lying to myself the whole time. I danced consistently for years, even after I didn't really have to. I still, and by have to, my mom was one of my dance teachers. My mom and her best friends had a dance school, so I didn't have a choice in the matter. But 
even after I graduated and finished with high school, I was still teaching. So I had the choice. Granted, I was getting paid. Who's, why wouldn't I keep doing something I loved and get paid? But it's also a labor of love. You're responsible for a ton of like nine-year-olds or 12-year-olds or four-year-olds, depending on what class it was. So y'all, absolute labor of love. But I was consistent with that. And when I got to the point where it was harder to be consistent, I ended up going with the bartending gig, which is less work, more money. Um, But I was consistent with those things as well. And I think one thing, and I'm glad you asked this because it's also giving me the space and opportunity to kind of revisit what consistency actually means for me. And... I'd say that it doesn't necessarily have to look the same for every endeavor. It doesn't have to look the same for every experience. And in terms of this experience, in terms of this podcast, one, I'm very proud of my consistency. I've, over the course of almost four years, I may have... When I had COVID, I didn't record. I think when one of my grandfathers passed away, I didn't record. There might only be two weeks, maybe three, that I didn't have an episode. May not be on Thursday, but I'm going to get you something. I'm going to show up. And I think that knowing, also very strongly disliking my full-time job, helps me be consistent with this. I know that I likely drop the ball, not likely, I do. I drop the ball in a lot of the business areas of the podcast, like that I'm not really consistent with in terms of like tracking metrics and trying to be up and, you know, up to date on social media, you know, um, having a marketing plan, having, you know, budget plan. I'm a work in progress. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. That was also one of my favorite church songs. That being what it is, the creative aspect of it. And I think that's how, you know what? That's probably it. Because I feel like I'm able to be consistent with this because it is part of who I am. I am a creative. I enjoy creating things. I enjoy talking. I enjoy telling stories and doing something I enjoy has given me the ability to be consistent with it because it's enjoyable, but also because I know it has the potential to bring me to places yet unseen. I do not want to continue where I'm currently working like my full time pays pretty well. I mean, it's not a rocket science job, but there are so many aspects of it that just are not in alignment with who I am as a person. It is not a good uh, personality fit for me. Um, But it helps me. That's how I pay for all my trips. That's how I pay for that's how I pay rent. That's how I pay my bills. Unfortunately, I don't have the luxury to quit my job and follow my dreams on this one. I have to work while also following my dreams. And I think the, um, you know, having like a really bad day at work is quite the motivation to say, you know what, I'm gonna sit down and work on this project. I'm gonna sit down and work on, you know, let me Google something about metrics or analytics or platforms, you know? So one, knowing that, this is me strengthening my gift and this is me pouring into something that I love doing and that I am passionate about makes it easier for me to show up. There are plenty of days when I do not want to. I feel like more often than not, when I, before I record, I don't want to record. I usually don't ever really want to, I'd rather just sit on my couch and do nothing when it comes to almost anything. Um, I'd rather read a book. I'd rather watch a movie. I'd rather dive into the details of a new series. There's so many, just turn your brain off and don't think about what's happening in the world things that I would be doing. But because I know that this means so much to me, because I know it is an outlet for me to 
talk my shit. And because it's something that I made, like I, I did this, you know, it's so much easier to show up for myself because this podcast is an extension of myself. And it's easy to say in this capacity because I enjoy being creative, but showing up for myself can look like a ton of different things like working out. I don't do that. It could be waking up early. I don't do that because I don't like those two things. I would rather lay in my bed next to my man. I would rather lay in my bed and sleep until I am just actually not tired. I would, I don't like exercising, so I don't, but I mean, I take the stairs at work. That's pretty much it. Except for it's been too hot. I'm getting on that elevator. But for the most part, I don't do those things because I don't find joy in them. While they are pouring into me, there's also no joy in the doing of it. But I know that as much as I don't want to record leading up to recording, Once I give y'all that peace sign, once I hit y'all with the salutations, I'm locked in. I'm here and I'm happy about being here. So for me, it's really like, it's kind of another reason why I don't really go out. The getting ready part, the getting there that, what am I wearing? All right, let's lotion up all over again because we're showering for the second or the third time in the day. And, you know, I got home from work. Now let's shower again, lotion up all over again, and then get back out. The whole, how am I getting there? Am I going to drive? Are you going to drive? Is there parking there? How many people, who all over there to begin with? And then how many of who over there is over there? It's like all of those things, like, eh, I'm going to just stay. I'll send you a gift or I'll follow up with you after or, but then I know once I get to an event, once I get someplace, once I see the people I love and I care about, I'm having a good time. I'm happy to be there. It's like, then I'm present in the moment, but the whole getting ready to do things and moving and I don't enjoy that. And it's like leading up to the recording. Uh, I got it. Oh, fuck. What am I going to record today? Am I going to do tomorrow? What else do we have going on? Am I driving today? Or are you going to pick me up? Oh, is the camera charged? Yeah, yeah. Like there's so many things beforehand that I'm just like not really wanting to deal with. But as soon as I hit record, baby, I'm here and I don't want to be nowhere else. And I feel like that feeling, that ability to look, we're in the fucking future. Like who would have thought that I'd be talking to my computer into a microphone and like, this is a thing. You know what I mean? Like 12 year old me never would have thunk. Never that I get to talk my shit. All the little performances that I would put on for my mom, all the little stories and things that I would have my family sit through. God bless y'all. Truly, I was also a talkative child. Always had a story, always had a dance, always had something that, you know, I need to watch. Here I am. And here I am being able to do this on my own terms. Um, So I think that, that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of joy brings me back every week knowing that it's and it's odd that this doesn't translate into anything else really in life but the end result feels good and that's how I stay consistent so that will be all the questions from this ask me anything I really enjoyed that so I will do that again at some point And um, another reminder, I'm just so impressed with how pretty these plants are. This is actually two different plants in this uh, big boy planter here. Um, But I've got a discount code for Jordan's Jungle. If you are so inclined to want to purchase something, it's in the description. If you can't find it in the description, you can go to the website. And Let's not forget on Sunday, this Sunday, August 21st at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, First Travel and Shit live episode recording. I've got three guests, Wanda of Black Women Travel Podcast, Shira of Black Girl World Traveler, and Marie of Taji Magazine, the magazine that I happen to be the travel contributor for. We'll be having a conversation about where blackness falls on our hierarchy of self. It'll be based on an essay written by James Baldwin called The Discovery of What It Means to Be an American. And I'm looking forward to not only hearing what my guests have to say, but also what you, 
my listeners, my guests for the live episode will have to say, I am absolutely looking forward to having you guys contribute to the conversation and having you part of the, uh, of the podcast episode. So make sure that you RSVP so that I can send you the link to join the conversation. Otherwise there's no, there's not like a space or a spot on the website where the link will be you'll get that email to you. So if you would like to be present, if you would like to contribute, if you would like to hear us talk, if you just want to support, even if it's a late birthday gift, travelandshitpodcast.com slash events. So I can't wait to see you guys at that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. It is fast approaching and um, I can't wait to have that experience. So I hope y'all enjoy the Ask Me Anythings and look forward to the next one popping up at some point. All right, y'all. So I will see you next week at the live episode. Bye, y'all.